I am Jen Wilson, author and body, mind and soul coach. Welcome to the I Am podcast, where we explore who you are. Hello, it's Jen here from IamJenWilson.com and the podcast. Um, on today's show, I have Ryan Coots. Ryan leads a men's mental health group. And he is, has recently set up a women's mental health group and he is wanting to promote both the groups and also wants to share some of his story from an attempted suicide to being diagnosed with mental health problems to most recently being diagnosed as bipolar and wants to share his story and his attitudes and his inspiration and wants people to not feel alone the way he had done for so many years up until this point. What an inspirational young man he is. I can't believe that he's only 26, coming up 27 at time of recording this. Um, wise, I think, beyond his years, certainly way more wiser than I was, but then has been through more than I had been through at that time. Um, yeah, totally inspired by this young man and what he has to offer the world. So please listen to this show, share it with everyone and anyone. I normally say share it with anyone that comes into mind, but really you never know who needs to hear a story or who needs to be inspired or motivated. Obviously, if somebody particular springs to mind, send it to them directly. But otherwise, share the show far and wide with anyone at all that can get benefit. If one person hears one of these conversations and is inspired by it or feels supported by it, then that is a a big tick in the right box. We have done our job and that's all I want is for somebody to hear a story and think, oh, thank God I'm not alone. Or, oh, wow, they could do that so I can do whatever it is that they want to do. And that's really, really important to me. And as always, if you're on Apple Podcast, it's not called iTunes anymore. Um, if you're on Apple Pipe, podcast podcast um you can leave a lovely glowing review there for the podcast um give us the five stars that they have on it because that's how people help people help the show get found get seen support it if you're on any of the other platforms you can share it on your instagram stories or your instagram page or your facebook page or wherever it is that you hang out on social on twitter whatever Please, please, please share it to let other people hear the show so that they too can feel the joy that I feel when I hear other people sharing their stories. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to have you here and talk about whatever comes out that we're going to talk about. I don't like to have too much of an agenda, but you did reach out to me because you have a wee bit of an agenda about what it is that you want to talk about on the podcast. So why don't we not start off, introduce the listeners to who you are and what it is you do in the world at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm Brian uh, and I'm 26 and stay in Spinburne. I run the Glasgow Mental Health Support Group. Yeah. Um, I've run the, the men's group for just over a year now. Um, it was July last year I took the running of it and four weeks ago now 
I started up a, a women's group as well. Um, obviously, like the mental health of men's like massive, like, and I still, obviously, still, I still want to help men, but I want to be. I, I feel like everybody deserves a fair shot at, at getting some sort of help and support throughout this 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 journey that we're on. <laughs> so that's why I thought I'd start up a women's one as well. Um, but sadly, we haven't had anybody through the door yet. So it's um, I understand how tough it is. Like I'd, I know it's, it's difficult for it was difficult for me as, as a guy. Fortunately enough, I had confidence when 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 I walked in for the first time to the group. I was I'm, I'm going to help people. I'm going to help people. And then I started talking and I was like, no, nah, I need to help myself. But <laughs> no, everybody's as confident as what I was. And it probably helped that I wasn't going in with it. I'm going to talk because I need help. Like, yeah. I, I went in with the... They thought that you were going to be... I was going to help people and it was the dust that you talking that, yeah. that um, I realised I need to help myself. So I do understand how difficult it is to walk through the door. Um, like I said, I'm just, I'm just what, trying to be able to help and, and support everybody as much as I possibly can. Yeah. So where are they based? Uh, the Brunswick Centre in Ballernock. Right, okay. So uh, North Glasgow, for people that are listening that are maybe not from North Glasgow, we're just sort of in the North yeah. Glasgow area. Yeah, but obviously, people can come. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. It doesn't mean you don't need to be <laughs> from North Glasgow to come. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're, we're based out in North Glasgow. Um, yeah. we've, we've been in the Brunswick Centre now for, what's that, seven weeks? Yeah. Uh, we were in uh, Burmark Community Centre mm-hmm. before that, but obviously... With the coronavirus restrictions, they've they've still not opened, so yeah. we've, we've had to change centre. Okay, and um, so if people are people will be listening to this while we're still in this coronavirus situation, what is like? Is there a setup for how many people you can have in the centre? Do they have to wear masks? Like, what are the sort of rules and regulations around it just now? Um, as far as I'm aware, because I've tried to as best as I can to keep in contact with. Um, the local MP for the yeah. area, McLaughlin. Uh, I'm still not hundred percent sure. I think it's six people though, but okay. social social distance. We've got everything in place. Like, um, you can wear a mask. We've got hand sanitizer, wipes, everything like that. Just like obviously sanitize your hands when you come through the door. Yeah. It's sanitize your hands going back out. Um, I think it's six people just now. Yeah. Um, but. I'd need to double check that again. It's yeah. just. But if I, they didn't want to wear a mask, they could still come. Yeah. Out oh, of course. I. 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 It's. It's. I. I don't wear my mask when I'm in there. Because yeah. it's. It's difficult when you're talking about mental health stuff to have everybody's face covered <laughs> because you need to see people's expressions. Yeah. Because when people are being empathetic, that shows in their face. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking around a room and all you're seeing is a pair of eyes staring at you, it's going to make you anxious, make you nervous, and yeah. not going to help the mental health. And the, 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 the thing is as well, like. Wearing a mask it can cause people to have panic attacks and, and, and stuff like that. I know, I know when they, when they first brought the mask in and I started to wear one, it made me feel horrible. I've just kind of got used to it, as a lot of people have. But it's, people do have serious anxiety problems where they physically cannot have a face covered, yeah. which I completely understand. So now, if, if, if people want to wear masks, they're, they're more than welcome to. If you don't, then it's fine. We're all social distance anyway yeah. and all the correct measures are in place for for what we need to do and yeah. fortunately enough I've got the, the, the backing of um, Greg and Joe who run the, the centre as well so they, they're keeping me 
in informed as well because and obviously like, they, they, things they're... change so much yeah. so quickly so by and the they... time this goes out it could have completely changed again anyway <laughs> yeah I know and it, because they're running the centre they're probably getting information quicker than me like I need yeah. to I need to physically go and look it up yeah. whereas they're running the centre so they, they know they know all the ins and outs uh-huh. of the rules and stuff because when I look at it it seems clear as mud sometimes so <laughs> uh, it's, it, it is massively confusing yes <laughs> so what got what prompted you in the first place to go along to a meeting with the intention to help? Just because of what I've been through um, within my life. Yep. Uh, I was I was diagnosed bipolar last year, which kind of made sense um, with my chaotic lifestyle. Yep. <laughs> right up to, for, from early teenage years, I mean, I, I was first drunk the summer before my 14th birthday. Yep. Um, and like, I was out every weekend, as most kids were at that time um, out getting drunk and then um, when I got my first diagnosis like I knew things weren't right mm-hmm. but I recently just started going with my now fiance and uh, she'd say to me we, we laugh about it now because she can't remember but she said to me at the time you either sort yourself out or I'm away and I was like well I care about her I love her like maybe I have got something there <laughs> so I was first diagnosed with depression and anxiety at 19 um, but as the years went on, like, I knew it was more than that. Like the yeah. the mood swings, um, like addictive personality, obsessive thoughts, things like that, and that's why I, I um, went and chased up last year to get the to see if it was more than that, and it yeah. and it was, which for me was like the final jigsaw piece. And it was like that that jigsaw piece had been missing for the last like 13, 14 years, and it was like slotting it into place and went. It just I look back throughout my entire life and all my my behaviours and my actions and, and things like that and I'm like, that's why I've been like that and I just haven't realised. Yeah. So you are now on a journey which we're all on journeys. <laughs> yeah. From the day you're born to the day you die, you're on a journey. But this phase of your journey now is helping shape maybe the future and help you guide be guided into the direction of where yeah, you want to go with it. Hundred percent. Like I think if, helping people is my passion. Like mm-hmm. um, the, when the, the last guy that ran the men's group um, gave it up, I was going ev- pretty much every week anyway. Even when I was good, because I just wanted to be able to help people. So when he gave it up. I wanted to take it on because yep. I just as my passion and I have got a lot of life experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I've left no stone unturned when it comes to mental health. <laughs> like, I've been through a lot, so I've came out on the other side. So it, it, it definitely has shaped me to, to be on this journey to be able to help people because I have been through a lot. Yeah. So it's it, it's a kind of weird one where the, there isn't much that. I've not been through so when somebody comes through the door like it'll I'll be able to resonate with them because I'm like well that's what I, I went through yeah this is your experience yeah and it, so other people can go or oh, I'm not alone mm-hmm. I think when you're dealing with stuff so often bad stuff you think this is only happening to me or I'm the only person that's experiencing this because everybody's so quiet about it yeah people are not sharing their story they're not sharing their journeys and that's one of the reasons I do a podcast is for people to be able to share stories, for people to be able to share information, so that somebody listening to it can go, oh, okay, right, I'm not alone in this. Mm-hmm. 
I'm crazy like that person or oh I'm not actually crazy this is what normal life is yeah, like yeah absolutely like it's I think everybody feels like everybody feels alone like I remember I felt alone I, I, I felt alone for probably up until the point where I went to the group yeah because I had been dealing it with with it myself, like even when I got the first diagnosis in 19, I probably spent the best part of four years ashamed of what I was yeah. going through because although the stigma is still attached, now it is a hell of a lot better than what it was all those years ago. Um, I'd, I've had people like and work walking eggshells with me at, at the mm-hmm. time, like my first diagnosis, because I was volatile and I was ready to take everybody out for a square go and yeah. everything like that. I had people walking in the eggshells because I didn't understand what was going on. Mental health wasn't such a big thing, like as well talked about at that point. Yeah. So they didn't understand what was going on. Whereas now, the older I've got and the, the more I've realised that I've wanted to help people, that I'm like, I, I need to tell my story. Yeah. So people can look, look at my story or listen to my story and be like, do you know what? That's what I'm going through. I don't feel alone. And it's that feeling of alone when you feel like you've not got any help there is, is horrible. Like it's, it's bad enough having mental health problems without having to deal with all that stuff yourself. Yeah. Is there any parts of your story that you would like to share on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could be here a while. <laughs> all right, but it's uh, <laughs> so I um I survived a suicide attempt at about thirteen, um, which is pretty young. Very young. Was was there alcohol involved in that? No, no, no. It, it, I've only just actually recently told my mum I'd carried that for about fourteen years. Yeah. Because I I come from a single parent family and my mum's raised me herself since since I was five. Yeah. Uh, up to the point. That I, moved, that I moved out she's still looking after me when I stayed in the house so I didn't want to upset her and it was such a I, I, I am very open with talking about the way that I felt um, when it comes to like if, if anybody asked me in the group and stuff but I never ever talked about it publicly because I hadn't told my mum and yeah. I, my biggest fear with that is I, I knew it would have broke my mum's heart yeah. which so do they think that you carried shame with that then mm-hmm. all those years? I, I, shame to an extent, um, but I was just more worried about my mum thinking that she was like a bad parent, thinking that it was her fault yeah. and things like that. But I now realise that it was the bipolar that, that, yeah. had, that had made me like that. Um, just different... Um, circumstances that happened throughout my life yeah. up until that point um, where I just obviously at that age that I just realised that I didn't want to be here mm-hmm. so I mean you could ask me what I had for dinner last week I couldn't tell you but I remember that night clear as day yeah. uh, so telling my mum that was, was it was difficult but it was worthwhile yeah. um, it'll give you a stronger relationship now 100%, 100% I, it's yeah. just she's now worried that it could happen again but I mean I can hand on heart say that it, it would never happen again. Like it, I've been in places where I've been rock bottom, and I've never. Don't get me wrong. As a lot of people will feel, you wake up in the morning and go, "I, I don't want to be here." Yeah. But I'm a big believer of positive mental attitude. If you can get a few small positive thoughts in, before you know it, your your day becomes good. So when these thoughts crop into my head, 
I just think about what I've got going good in my life. Yeah. So like obviously I'm running the group, I'm able to help people, I've got a fiance that loves me, I've got a family that loves me. Yeah. So I've got all these things to think about where my negative just turns into a positive. Yeah. So I, I mean I can hand on heart say that I would never do it again. Uh, because I have got too much to offer. Yeah. Um, 100%. Uh, I, since Why do you think you didn't want to be here when you were 13? Like what, was, what got you to that? You don't have to give any details about it, but it was, on that day, why did you wake up and think, today's the day I'm going to go? It was, it was just an accumulation of things that had led up to that point. Yeah. Like my dad left when I was five, yeah. um, which I don't, I don't mean talking about. He's... 100% the source of my bipolar um, him not being there mm-hmm. and then I was bullied in school as well because I'm very very outgoing and confident now as I've got older but as a kid I was really shy and really really withheld so I was an easy target mm-hmm. and I'd been bullied through primary school into high school and I'd just I'd had enough with everything that was kind of going on at home with my, my, my dad not being there um, and then the bullying at school, I was just like, ah, nah, I'm, 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 I've had enough, like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. And it was, I think at that age, you don't, you're still very young, you don't think about the consequences yeah. of your actions, you don't think about how it's going to affect you, how it's going to affect family members. You're just like, the blinkers are on, you just don't want to be here. And I ended up in hospital, I think it was two days, two days and at that point I had um, a mild form of epilepsy so I just, I tried to overdose on my, my tablets for my epilepsy and I remember it well, like I, I physically couldn't stand up, my legs were like absolute jelly, if you, I tried to get out of bed and hit the deck, thrown up everywhere, it was like a scene for exercise, yeah. there was like sick everywhere, I had to get paramedics, um, the ambulance to come out. And I was in hospital for about two days. So when you were in hospital at that time, did your mum just think it was something to do with epilepsy? Yeah, but what they what they thought um, was my it was at the time my epilepsy medication had just been upped. Right. Okay. So it I'd went to a stronger dose, and they just thought it was a bad reaction. But obviously that that wasn't the case. It was like it was intentional. Yeah. yeah. And it's it obviously at that age you're not gonna <laughs> you you don't understand what's went on yourself. Like, yeah let alone try and tell it to somebody else that you've intentionally tried to do that. Yeah. But as as I've got older, I, I now realise why. I, I now realise why I've done it, and I'm obviously very, very thankful that I'm here today. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people aren't as fortunate as me. Yeah. Which is absolutely heartbreaking. I know. I know. I know. I know. I knew a few people that have chosen to take their life, and you're just like, fuck. Yeah. It's just you can't I can't I know what it feels like to feel low and I know what it feels like to be in so much pain and wake up in the morning and be like I wish I wasn't here or be going to bed thinking please don't let me wake up in the morning I know how Mm. it feels to be there but I don't know how it feels to get to that point where I would do something about it to actually prevent me from waking up Mm -hmm. again like I, I don't know how bad it must get them to get to that point where they think this is the best option yeah i would i mean i'd love to be able to just set everybody down that's feeling like that and just say to them like look your 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 life's worth worth living yeah 
you're here for a reason. It's it's trying to change people's mindsets to to go from that should be they they want to go out to like no like my, my life is worth living and it is so cliched that things will get better but they do it it, it takes time. I, we all look for overnight fixes. Been there and done it myself. When when things are that bad, you just you want to you want to, you want to just snap your fingers and things are better. But the reality is, this takes time. This this takes time to get yourself out of that low place into into a good place. And it's it's perseverance and it is tough, but you will get there. It's showing it, up and doing the work mm-hmm. and doing the work consistently every single day. Yeah. I mean, you you can't afford not to be, not to be doing that work. Yeah. But also, if you're having a if you're in a bad place, and then you you do the work, you have a couple of good days, and then you have a wee bump in the road, and you have a, a couple of bad days. Then, like, I, I cannot stress it enough to people that do not dwell on what happened. Don't dwell on the past. The past is the past. You had a bad couple of days. That's fine you move on and look forward look into the future tomorrow's another day tomorrow's going to be better it's all about changing that mindset from oh I've had a bad couple of days that's me I'm going to be bad for the next week to no it's a bump in the road those days are in are in in the background they're finished move forward tomorrow's another day tomorrow's a fresh start and it's 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 everything it's all it's all about mindset and it's even like setting yourself those wee goals in the morning if you would just lie in your bed all day and just kind of give in to your anxiety your depression set yourself wee goals get yourself out of bed that's one goal get yourself in the shower that's another goal make yeah. the bed that's another goal <laughs> go and have breakfast and before you know it you've been up an hour and you've you've, you've achieved four things yeah. and that starts to make you feel better about yourself so you've went for maybe a couple of days lying in your bed with the curtains closed and know what to do and they go oh, do you know what I've actually achieved four things a day I've, I've done all this for there you can then if you're off work you can then set yourself that target every day I'm going to go back to work it's all about changing your mindset and it, 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 those wee thoughts can go a long long way yeah yeah, I think that's so important and we were talking before um, we started recording about creating routines and daily mm-hmm. routines so I think you have very much got your head into that mindset of being grateful for all the stuff like you talk about gratitude and how it strengthens a certain part of the brain that helps you be more positive because your negative side of the brain which is all about survival is much much stronger than that be positive oh look I managed to get myself out of bed mm-hmm. but if you train that side of your brain it then becomes stronger yeah and then it, it then becomes the more dominant one but mm-hmm. it takes practice it's why it's a gratitude practice. Yeah. It's like every single day you do something, do something, do something. It, it, it does take time. Like it took, like I said, it took me the best part of eight years to get to this point. Yeah. Where I'm thankful now for what I've been through has been hellish over from, from like kind of early teenage years up to this point. But I'm thankful because it shaped me into the person that I am today. Like, if I hadn't I went through all that stuff, I wouldn't be able to help people now. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm I'm still young as well. Like, I'm only twenty six, so I have been through a lot, and I've came out at another side. And it's it is looking back and but acknowledging it, it, 
it has been tough. Like it's no been easy by any means. Yeah. But it's shaped me into this person that I am today, and it's shaped me into this person that where I'm able to try and help people as best I can. I'm, I'm never I'm never going to get a hundred percent right. Like we're no robots. We're, we're yeah. humans. Humans make mistakes, but I will try and help people to the best of my ability. Yeah. So it, it is about acknowledging that yes, it has been hard, but it's also about being grateful that I'm still here. Yeah. And and acknowledging that that I'm trying to be a better person as well. And it's they say that if you're feeling depressed or even feeling anxious, the best thing that you can do is go and help somebody else because that being able to help somebody else gives you something back. Every mm. time you're giving, you're getting something. Yeah. It's being open to receiving, and that's like a, a double win because mm-hmm. you're helping boost somebody else while boosting yourself. Yeah, it, that's that is like a good feeling that sometimes it can get difficult. Like, there has been times where I've been running the group where I've not been in a good place. And it's incredibly difficult to try and help people when your head's not in it. And sometimes I, I, I will freely admit that there's been Saturday uh, afternoons where I've walked away from the group and been like, I, I feel worse now than what I did going in. Because it can be difficult to take on other people's problems and try and support them and give them help whilst also trying to support yourself. Yeah. So it is about trying to find that, but for me anyway, it's trying to find that balance between sorting what's going on in my own head if I'm in a down period and, and helping people. Like I think obviously, they, like we, we talked about before, like the, the bipolar diagnosis with a jigsaw, the yeah. final jigsaw piece for me. So I I can now manage that better. Yeah. So when it comes to, if, if I'm having a down period, I know that that's just kind of part and parcel of the bipolar it will get better, so it's no like I'm I'm not at borderline rock bottom trying to help people like what I was last year before I got the diagnosis. Like I know that this is just a bump in the road, and I know I've got support for the guys from the group as well. Yeah. So it is a lot easier now than than, than last year because everything kind of makes more sense. Yeah. To me now, so whereas last year it was in, it was incredibly difficult to try and pull yourself out of bed to go into a group to help people to come back. Yeah. Like because I didn't know how to sort myself out on anybody else's yeah. problems. In the group, is it okay for you to go in and go, do you know what guys? Today I'm really struggling. Is that okay? Like as you being the group leader, you're okay for you to be able to go in and say, This is where I'm at and I'm really struggling today so then you're being able to get help off of each of them. Yeah, hundred percent. Like so it's not just I'm here as your teacher. <laughs> And I'm going to help you make you feel better, even though inside you're dying, going, oh, I fucking hate this. I'm, Aye. I, I'm fortunate enough that I've, like, the boys, it's, it's, as much as I support the boys, the boys support me. Yeah. So, like, I always start off on the Saturday, and, it, like, if the, the guys who are regular, um, who have been coming for the last year or two, we, we talk about how our week's been. So whereas I posted something new and maybe tell you about their story. Yeah. We talk about how our week's been. Uh, we always say that Saturdays, so our new week starts on a Saturday. Yeah. If you've had a shite week, you go in the group, that's your fresh start for the next game week. So I'll start off and I'll be like, ah, I've, I've had a shite week, like I'm, I'm not feeling great by any means. And the boys will support me, which is, which is really, really good to have. Yeah. Um, but 
Yeah, fortunately, it's no, it's been more good than bad. Um, especially over the last year, I've only kind of had kind of two dips, um, which is good. Yeah, especially when you consider what's going on globally at the mm-hmm. moment. Everybody is dealing with their own mental health issues. There's lots of stuff coming up where people were stuck in the house, particularly at the start of this, dealing with themselves and maybe their family and people close around about them and not realising that their outside world had been so much of a distraction from what mm. was going on internally. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you've got to deal with this shit. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> is, I, I think it, the, what we are going through just now is it's unprecedented times for everybody. And mental health is going to be massively, massively affected. And it's not even just the case of like, people who were shielding their mental health is going to be affected because they literally could not leave the house. Yeah. You're now into the aspect of people are going to be losing jobs, there's going to be stress involved, can I keep my house, whatever, all that sort of stuff. So th- there, there is so much pressure now, and that, that's even talking from my own, my own perspective, um, where people who maybe necessarily didn't have mental health problems before, it's maybe now going to be affected by them because of what's going on. Yeah. Uh, like I said to you earlier on, I was fortunate enough that, fortunate enough in a sense that I'd taken two breakdowns last year and the year before, so I had the experience of sitting in the house, so I knew what to do yeah. to not, to keep myself above water uh-huh. and not let myself go back down and that obviously, as I had said to you, turned into a mania phase where <laughs> I was buzzing at my tits for two months, <laughs> so. Yes, I I remember um, I had another guest on the podcast before that was talking about bipolar and I didn't realise, I didn't really know anything about bipolar until I had spoken to her and I didn't realise that there were ma- like mania, manic times and really, really depressed times. I didn't realise that that's what, what the sort of wide range, like wide range, wide spectrum was. But everybody's mania is slightly different and you were saying before about how you can actually channel your mania into being productive mm-hmm. in a positive sense, whereas some people can been like in mania and it's been really destructive do mm-hmm. you want to talk a wee bit about your, how you've managed to get to that or has that just always been I, I just I, I don't know if it's just my mindset like yeah because the only reason I knew it was a mania phase like I, I've probably been through mania phases before and not actually realised but be, because I went through being like so kind of middle ground where I was like neither up nor down yeah to like go to this like super buzzing person like what a budge on speed and that's what made me realise, I was like, ah, this is, I think it's probably my first kind of conscientious mania phase where I knew what was going on. Yeah. Whereas I probably had them before and no really understood why I was so buzzing and, and, and happy. But when that started, I knew that that was the, the mania phase. And I don't know if it was just something that was in my head. Like, it just kind of makes me focus more. Um, like, I was going out walking, I loved going out walking, um, doing doing things about the house, uh, and uh, also drinking a lot, because I was so buzzing, Yeah. which was obviously a dangerous game, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I have heard that people's mania have been so destructive, whereas I, fortunately, I don't know what it is inside my head, I don't know why why my way of thinking goes at that, it's where I, like, if I was to be in a mania phase just now, I, I know a hundred percent could channel all that energy into getting stuff for the group done, like whether it be promotion, flyers, whatever, 
try to get the word out there. Like, yeah. I know I could channel that energy into something productive, whereas on the opposite end of the spectrum, when I'm really down, I'll literally do nothing. And I will quite happily give into my head and I will quite happily lie in bed all day or roll for the couch, eh, the bed to the couch and lie and watch telly all day yeah. and give into what my head's saying with the negative thoughts. So it's, it's probably just trying to find that, that kind of balance where I can just when I'm in a down phase just like no you need to do this like yeah. you need to to get you. yourself better so I'm probably fortunate in that sense that I can channel my, my mania into something into something good mm-hmm. and just no alcohol <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's good good suggestion for all of us um, I was having a look at your Instagram before you got here and I saw that you you've been hill climbing yeah for, and raising awareness for the Glasgow Mental Health mm-hmm. stuff do you want yeah, um, so we we started hill walking as a group um, last year, uh, and then so we we'd done a few hills, and then we'd done uh, I think it was Ben Moment done yeah. our first Monroe. I wasn't prepared for it in the slightest. <laughs> uh, I just came off a eleven hour night shift, had no food, three cans of energy drink, and I must be the only person that's taken a mental breakdown halfway back down the hill. <laughs> so hallucinating and everything. So it was. It was brutal. And we just kind of, <laughs> but it was horrible. So we we stopped it and then we we kind of started it back up again. Um, but we're trying to do different things. So it's not just how walking. Um, what I'm trying to do is it, it's just kind of open the groups up to everybody. Um, and I know how walking is not going to be for everybody. Mm. Like it's not. Like I know that we all enjoy it as a group, but it can be very very daunting. And very very difficult for people who one have never came on a support group before. To, to, it's hard enough to walk to don't go. Do you know what? I need to help. I've I'm I'm suffering with this. That's incredibly difficult. Yeah. But then to then come out in the house, like the house for me were were, were great. I'll never forget that feeling the first time that I climbed the hill after going through social anxiety and me stuck mm-hmm. in the house for eight weeks. Yeah. We climbed the it and I was like, my, my mind was blown. But I understand that that's not for everybody. So yeah. we're trying to incorporate, as well as walking, doing different activities to just try and include everybody. So, like maybe doing like walks around Strathy Park or or Huggingfield Walk, like do a couple of laps of that because yeah. with that all you need is a pair of trainers. Like you, how walking you, you kind of need the gear to do it, um, and it isn't for everybody. So I'm, but we are trying to kind of do different things to to be able to incorporate men and women to, to come along yeah. and, and see see what we're doing as a group and seeing if it'd be for you like I, coming along might not be for everybody like I, I've had people that have came along one week and I've just thought ah, nah that's not really for me that's not really the help that I need and that's absolutely fine yeah. everybody's got their own ways of dealing with this and like everybody should just try different things I've, I've, I've done tried loads of different things as well it's been going to a group has been the most beneficial thing for me yeah. to, to get it's the help and support different groups as well because you've always got a different you gel with some people better than you gel with yeah. other people so it's finding different groups in different places definitely so you can find the one that feels like it's a good fit for you mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so yeah it's um, we, we do enjoy her walking and we will probably be doing more house but yeah. we will also be doing other activities that, that everybody can get involved in like um, about f- five weeks ago now we've done football golf at Cumbernauld to me and the guys went out yeah. and done football golf which was, which was like a great day out it was like 
we laughed from start to finish. Because yeah. sometimes it can be, like, we were all in agreement after that day, like, the group's great and it is good to get that support, but sometimes it it can be a bit kind of, it can, it can get you down, like I was saying earlier on, like, sitting every Saturday around in a group talking about your problems, it can kind of get too much at times. So to have that other aspect of it where we're going down a fun activity where everybody's welcome along, we can have a laugh, we can have banter, yeah. and it takes everybody's mind off it as well. Like, we, if people are having a bad week and they want to pull somebody aside and be like, ah, listen, this is what's been going on, people will talk to you 100%, even on a golf course. Yeah. Um, people will talk to you, but it's about having that aspect outdoors and fitness that, that is so beneficial for mental health as well, and having a, a, a laugh and camaraderie as they say like yeah. between the guys like it's, so it's it's about finding that kind of good balance between I we've got the group there but also we want to do activities to to just encourage people because people who have severe anxiety might not want to come and sit in a group but however they might want to come on the activities get out in the fresh air yeah. speak to people feel a wee bit less daunting than yeah. sitting everybody eyes all on you whereas if you're in a group out doing something there's a d- another distraction there where if you want to just observe mm-hmm. from a distance so you're with the group but you don't need to necessarily be telling somebody your problems you can suss it out yeah. and get a gauge of do I want to do I feel comfortable sharing mm-hmm. with this particular group of people so that's that's why we're trying to do this just so we can in- encourage as many people as possible yeah. to, to to come along and, and, and see what do, the work we're doing and, and, and what we're about as a group to to be able to help people because yeah. I'm um, me personally my, my main thing is I just want to help as many people as I can mm-hmm. like because I know the services are available yeah. and especially in North Glasgow and that's coming from my own experience yeah. the services are non-existent mm-hmm. so groups like the group that I run and other groups around Glasgow because there's a few um, around Glasgow and beyond we're an absolute lifeline to communities because people aren't getting the help that they need yeah. which is terrible yeah. but it's all budget cuts and everything like that like there's, there's the, 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 the mental health has been slashed I mean you've got that big issue like when I got my first diagnosis 8 years ago the mental health the stigma was still so so big so there wasn't a lot of people talking about it at that point I had to still wait six months for counselling yeah as the years have went on the stigma's kind of got smaller more people are talking about it which is absolutely fantastic that I can't stress this enough that people need to be talking about this especially if you're going through your own struggles yeah however that is put more people like there's more pressure on the NHS now because there's more people coming out and talking about their mental health with less services so having these three groups whether it's um, folk like I I go to one on a Friday um, called Kicking On so that's that way I'm getting the best of both worlds I'm able to help people and then I'm getting help although I get help from one group yeah I've not got that I have not got that pressure so I go to a group in Johnson called Kicking On so they play football and then they have a group like these groups with these activities are, are, are a massive massive lifeline to our, our communities and they all volunteer run yes yeah. 
So right. they're relying on donations and mm-hmm. people giving up time and things like that to yeah. keep them actually alive in the communities mm-hmm. and running. Which is, it, it, obviously it's good to get donations and stuff and like I'm talking from one experience, I've been self-funded for the last year. Yeah. Um, so I've everything like up until we went into the new centre, um, I, I, I pay for it out my own pocket right. to, to keep this running, to, to, because if this wasn't here, I know that I would need it. Yeah. And I, I know there, there's other people out there that, that would need it as well. So I would hate to think that that would have just stopped when the last guy uh, gave it up. Yeah. So I, I mean, I was more than happy to, to, to self-fund yeah. it, but they, looking at the bigger picture, that is, these groups shouldn't need to be here. Like that, 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 the that yeah, that, that, the work that everybody's doing with regards to mental health and support groups is fantastic. But like you said, it's the, the, the dream everybody just gets the help that they need. Yeah. But that's that, we, that we live in a society where people feel supported enough that mental health issues are dealt with fear and vain rather than waiting until they build up and become a really big problem. Yeah. So it is, it's a pipe dream though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's wishful thinking. Wish a positive mental attitude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could go I could go on for days thought about how the government's modern enough. But oh, yeah, that's, there needs to be a I, I personally think there needs to be a collapse of the government and a re complete rebuild because mm, what is there just now just you can see it's not working this whole yeah. whole last what is this now, seven months nearly that yeah. we've been going through this. They have failed at every single turn on the whole handling of the situation. Hundred percent. I mean, even like we couldn't have the group for four months, and it yeah. wasn't a, a it wasn't until, it wasn't until I was drunk one Saturday night and absolutely raging that folk could go and up up, but I couldn't get my because because obviously the whole centre the whole centre still opened. Yeah. And I was raging on a Saturday night drunk. And I tweeted the the local MP and I was like, ah, what's your script here? <laughs> <laughs> when can I get my group up and running and she put me in touch with I was going to say the chance you hi thankfully <laughs> um, so she put me in touch with, with Greg that, that runs a Brunswick and we were fortunate enough that we could open back up yeah but with these new restrictions I was terrified we were going to have to close again uh-huh. because people need this yeah and to only have it open what seven weeks and then having to close again when the new restrictions came around I was like ah, can I afford this? Yeah. I mean, uh, but thankfully it happened. Uh, no, that's I. That's the, really thankful that, that I can still have this on and still be able to, to, to run this yeah. for for newcomers and the regulars as well. Yeah, definitely. So what what do you need? Like people listening to this that are like, one, I want to get along to a group or two, I want to be able to do something that can support the groups because that's kind of two things probably you need. Is there anything? Like what can people do for you and for the groups to help support them? Uh, just the, the only thing that I ask is people just kind of share it um, yeah. and get the get the word out there uh, that that these groups are available. I, I, probably for the last year I've relied on people sharing it on Twitter for me because mm-hmm. that's where I've got the most reach. Like my Facebook's just mainly people from Falkirk where I'm from yeah. and so it's not really that beneficial to for people in Falkirk to share it it is because obviously people come from Falkirk and that's 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 great but it's not really beneficial because it's not getting out into like North Glasgow mm-hmm. so for the last year I've relied on people sharing it on Twitter um, yeah. 
now I've got posters made up and stuff so I've got the posters put up around the community and, and hopefully that can entice people to come along but it's the big thing for me is just trying to get it out there and, and let people see that there is a group available in their community or beyond like if, if they want to they want to travel that, that that's there yeah and I it's, it's just pretty much just promotion as such really just share the post we're yeah. the best so Twitter's sort of like your main yeah. place. So what's your what's the handle on Twitter? Uh, at Rido underscore X. Yeah. Um. So because I've kind of over the last year I've tried to build. I feel like money's daft influencer man. Horrible. <laughs> I've, I've I've tried to. Be, <laughs> probably be, like it actually sounds like I'm. You're you're an influencer <laughs> of mental health. <laughs> so. I've, I've been, Oh, I actually feel so bad saying that, man. No, but it, say I've, it, it's fine, say I've, it. <laughs> I've tried to build up this following on Twitter because yeah. it, it's reaching people in Glasgow and, and beyond. Yeah. So that's why like, I, we have our own Facebook page, which is the Glasgow Mental Health Support Group, which I post information on, but I've only just kind of recently started that. Mm-hmm. So the best place to get me is probably either on either page, but if you get me on Twitter... Um, yeah. I, I never started one for like, a separate Twitter page for the group because I have got this following. So, like, my Twitter is just mainly me posting information about the group anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, Twitter, uh, if you get me on Twitter or the Glasgow Mental Health Support Group on Facebook, you know. I can put the links to that in the show notes so that people can find it quite easily. Yeah, appreciate that. Um, Thank you. And definitely, you are an influencer of mental health, which is better than being an influencer of. Yeah, diet coffee. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Right? It's, it's, the social media aspect of it is so bad. Like, I I went through a borderline eating disorder. Um, purely, it was my obsessive nature. Um, yeah. At the time, I was so obsessed with getting a six pack that I ended up pretty much ill. I was yeah. only eating 1,200 12, to 1,500 calories a day and taking two fat burners, training six times a week. Jesus and, Christ. Like, I was like, <laughs> I need to do this, I need to do that, I need a six pack for Ibiza, and I wasn't realising the damage that I was doing. I, I look back now and look at photos of me from then, and I'm a skeleton. Yeah. Like, I was massively underweight, but I just was like, six pack, six pack, six pack. And I was looking at things on, on social media that, you, like, at that point, I was following all the gym things on Instagram, and you're looking at all these guys that are absolutely ripped and massive, and you're like, that's what I look like. But I was only 21, so I was young, naive and stupid to the point I didn't realise that these things are like airbrushed, these guys are taking steroids, they're taking yeah. fat burners, they've got the best personal trainers, the best people for diets. I didn't realise all of that. The the lighting. Yeah, there's so much aspect of it that the social media is so damaging towards mental health and it's so damaging towards mental health in like my generation and younger. Like. Yeah. I could only imagine how difficult it is for like teenagers nowadays to to go on Instagram and and, and have these body confidence issues because of what they're looking at. Yeah. Like especially like young girls. Look, oh, why do I know look like that? Yeah, and the the conversation around the images portrayed to women has been around since I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and that was thirty years ago. <laughs> um, and it's not the conversation's not changed. All it's done is it's moved from being on the front cover of magazines to now being on a device in your pocket that you can see all day, every yeah. day. And now 
I know it's becoming more apparent how much of an influence it's having on men and boys' mental health when mm. they're seeing these guys who, like you say, photoshopped, ripped, steroids, fake tan, lighting, oil, all these things that they're putting on their body to look like that for a split second in a photograph, if they even do look like that, because yeah. it could be photoshopped or filtered or whatever. Mm. And it's just, that is so damaging to young minds. Yeah, it's, 100%. I mean, it's... It's, it's not something that I've ever came across frequently. It'd be guys who have went through that, like what I did. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough that at the point of me being so skinny, like, like my birthday's in October, so we'd went to Amsterdam and at that point I was still skinny. And then I just kind of, like, Christmas came and I stopped training and I started eating hard as a shite and I started putting weight on it. And I just, from there on, like, I was like... Right, I, I don't really want to kind of go back to that. I, I, at that point, I think after being so like militant and regimented for months, yeah. spent like the majority of the year just eating healthy, no having takeaways and all that sort of stuff, to actually just enjoy my food and treat myself. And I just yeah. I can't bash come back to that. But it, it wasn't until I got probably like that in the last couple of years as I've got older and I've looked back and went, like I look absolutely ill and you don't hear a lot of stories of guys going through that so it's it's. Yeah. I, I think it, there's a lot that admit to it because I know quite I've, I've a lot of guys I worked in the fitness industry for a long time still kind of do and the bodybuilding industry is massive and I know loads of guys that were like stripping down for competitions and stuff like that and so many of them having mental breakdowns mm-hmm. in the lead up to competition because they were depleting their carbs so much that their brain weren't firing right and it was just triggering so much stuff in their body and they didn't have the comforts that they maybe had before like going for the pint or going for the bit of cake or the bit of chocolate or whatever it is because they were weighing every single meal yeah like i went i went to a fitness convention once and i was sitting and the girl next to me pulled out electric scales and started putting bits of broccoli on it and then pulling stems of broccoli off the wee stump and I was like dude you have an issue Hi, that's <laughs> that's that so I'm cutting for a competition and I'm just like no that's not normal no this not healthy not good especially when you're weighing broccoli yeah <laughs> I, would, I mean at that point I was weighing, weighing everything out like yeah I ended, ended up at one point where like a mad rash because I was eating so many eggs a week Mm. And I didn't know what was causing that. Like, and I, it, it was. I, I'm sure at that point I was eating something. It was something like ridiculous, like twenty, thirty eggs a week. Wow. It was just all protein. Like I'd done like no carbs. Yeah. And it is. It's, it's absolutely draining. Yeah. Doing no carbs. And it's not good for your brain. No, absolutely <laughs> not. And it, it, but it was just that I now look back in that eyes. I, I still do have an issue with self-confidence and, and the way that I look, especially now over lockdown, because I'd lost a bit of weight before lockdown yeah. um, started, and now I'm probably the heaviest I've ever been, so I still do have body confidence issues where like, I'm now having to buy like a bigger size of t-shirt and it's making me feel like shit, because there, there's no gym there, there's, there's, my, my gym's still closed, I don't know when it's opening. I'm just, I'm not really doing any exercise, like I was saying, I, I walked a lot when I was going through my mania phase, whereas now I'm just doing nothing. Yeah. So, it's, 
it's a, it's, everything's about just being comfortable within yourself. Like, I'm, I'm not saying, I see if you want to go and get absolutely ripped and have a six pack, that's going to make you feel better. Like, by all means, do that. But don't stress too much about it. Like, if, if you want to lose a bit of weight and just be comfortable within yourself, then that's that's fine. If you want to live like a, a an active and, and healthy lifestyle, that's fine. It's it's all about feeling good within yourself, yeah. and and no being too caught up in goals about what size you want to be. And it, like I said, if people want to do that and that's what makes people happy, by all means go for it. But that's no that's not for everybody, and it is just about feeling comfortable within your own skin. And it's asking yourself honestly, is this really making me happy? Mm-hmm. If you are that person that says that they're happy weighing out every single meal, ask yourself, is it really making you feel fulfilled in life? And if it is, like you say, brilliant. But if it's not, you need to address that. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was still as, probably still as miserable as what I was prior to that. I was just miserable with a six pack. So. <laughs> 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 it didn't. It did. It, it, I didn't even feel good about myself because I was still looking at myself, and that's probably why I got to this stage of the size that I was. I was still looking at myself in the mirror, and still seeing flat. Yeah. And there was nothing on me. There was at one point I actually fitted into my fiance's shorts. My like my now fiance. Yeah. I fitted into her, her denim shorts. So I was the same size as her, and she's about five foot four, five foot five. Yeah. Like, I'm tall and I was the same size as her and it was dangerous. Like, very, very dangerous. But it was, it was just that the blinkers were on, that's what I wanted to do. And I was convinced I was going to, because I've always, I've, probably since my later teenage years, I've always been kind of heavy. Uh, I used to play rugby before, so I was fit and active. Yeah. And then I done my name when I was 18 and then the weight just piled on because I wasn't going to the gym, I wasn't, I yeah. wasn't doing anything. And I always, my weight's always up and down. And... Like I said, I always still see myself as fat, and I wasn't like, and it, I think that's another reason why I became so obsessed, as well as having like that obsessive personality that I do have. Yeah. That was just like fueling the fire, like it, it was like just chucking a petrol bomb on top of it. But I was just convincing myself that I was fat, and to the point of where I was ill. Yeah, and it's it's a dangerous place to get to, and it's probably not spoken enough. No. about for the male community again bulimia and anorexia really talked about within the women women's groups women's conversations but not talked about men and I saw yesterday I think it was on Twitter Freddie Flinter yeah I've seen, was it, I've I seen that was you shared or liked it or something but it was on my timeline and I saw that he was sharing his story about having bulimia and he's a top athlete mm-hmm. like I, I was surprised him when I seen that like, but that's good that I, I really like Freddie Flintov, he's, he's, he's same with Tyson Fury, like Tyson, I never liked Tyson Fury before, but ever since he's came out and talked about his mental health battles, I've got a, a lot of respect for him, and yeah. for these high profile celebrities to come out and talk about what they're going through, can help people talk about, come out and be like, ah, well they've managed to come back for it, and they're a high profile celebrity, because what we see, again it goes back to social media, what we see is, is these celebrities and all these people living their best life, as they say. And, <laughs> you and sound like an influencer now. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're, they're not, it's evidence for pictures, so for, yeah. for these high profile celebrities to come out and be like, no, this is what I went through. It's it's, it's amazing. And I've got, I, I like Freddie Flintoff anyway on the telly, but I've 
I was shocked at seeing that. Yeah. But hopefully people seeing that documentary can lessen that stigma surrounding eating disorders within guys. Yeah. Because it isn't talked about enough. Like you said, it's, it's for 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 as long as magazines and films have been about, it's always the perfect body image for, for women, but it's never ever talked about within guys and it is such a, a taboo subject yeah. where where guys don't want to talk about it and it's it's it needs to be be more more talked about as are as widely talked about as, as guys suffering with depression and anxiety like that's the next stage people need to be need to be talking about their eating disorders yeah. and and that's why hopefully anybody listening to my story can maybe resonate with it and and like, I've, I've came out at the other side yeah. i mean it could it could have been a lot worse you might not have been sitting here. No, I might. Um, I might. I just took it to that next level. Probably was just thankful that Christmas came, <laughs> as it, as everybody does at Christmas time, just for two weeks. You absolute shite. So, and, shot, so um, I'll eat. So it, it came at a good time for me. But other people are not as, as other people isn't as fortunate yeah. as me as being able to kind of catch it. Mm-hmm. And and realise that no food is food is enjoyable, pizza's enjoyable, yeah. things like that. A lot of people have aren't as lucky as that to catch me to catch it or or to even they've they've maybe they've got that bad with bulimia or anorexia that, that they're in hospital. So it's yeah. people need to start talking about this more and, and, and get it like more out in the open. Yeah. And then it's likewise even if you go to the other end of the spectrum when people become obese and it's like they're enjoying food and then they get to a point where they're not enjoying the food they're just eating to maybe suppress or to numb mm-hmm. emotions and it's shoveling food down shoveling food down to the point where they're not even aware that they're doing it yeah so it's be bringing it back so that enjoy your food so that when you eat it you can taste it you like it and you can appreciate it so that you either stop when you're full or go do you know what i do fancy a packet of minstrels now but you're doing it mindfully and consciously yeah and if you eat the whole packet of biscuits or whatever it is that you eat you've done it because that's just the mood you were in at that point in mm-hmm. time and that's what made you feel good at that point in time yeah <laughs> it's a, it's 100% like I, I've been there like food where I've ate, ate like a take or something trying to so feel better and you don't you actually feel worse but it's like I said earlier it's just trying to get that way to that point where you're comfortable in your own skin yeah you don't if you if you have if you want a dad bod and you're happy, that's fine. <laughs> if you want a six pack, you're happy. That's fine. It's, it's all about being comfortable in your own skin and, and and not comparing yourself to others. Yeah. I know sometimes it's easier said than done because I still do it. I look back at old forties of myself where no no at the point where I was I was massively underweight, but I look back to to pictures for a couple of years ago where I was a wee bit skinny and especially now with the gym not being on my I, I wish I was. I was still like that. Like I, yeah. I, I'm at the stage now. I, I ain't interested in them in a, a six pack. Like I just want to find some of my old clothes that are still hanging up in the wardrobe <laughs> without having to combine new stuff. But I mean, I, I, I was at that point before lockdown where I, I would, I've lost a bit of weight and my, my clothes were fitting me and I was comfortable with them myself. Yeah. So it is just about finding that point. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And not being too obsessed with, with diets and and training and, and things like that because that stuff can take over your life yeah. and it just that becomes like me a, like a regiment and militant and you're just bang 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 that's what you're doing and you're not enjoying yourself you're not like you said you're not enjoying food and and you're just like it, it just takes over your life and consumes you yeah 
it's finding that balance of doing all the things that you really like and enjoy. So yeah, training, yeah, eating good, being with people that you want to be with so that you've got that connection, mm-hmm. doing the activities, the work that you want to do, the hobbies that you want to do, the sitting watching the TV, like all these different things. But if you binge on any of them, it's going to fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. You're, or you're already fucked up and not in a good place. Mm-hmm. I, it's I like if you if you want to go and train like six days a week and eat healthy, that's fine. Have your takeaway at the weekend, but yeah. like don't be sitting on a Saturday night eating plain chicken and broccoli. Like <laughs> go and get yourself a <laughs> Chinese or a, <laughs> I, go and get your chi- yourself a Chinese or a Domino's or something. Go and, go and just enjoy yourself. It's the weekend. Yeah. It's the same with like if people want to have a drink, like go and have a drink, go and enjoy it, but don't kick the complete arse with it. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I've got a cheat because that's what I do. But, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm still trying to kind of learn how to how to control that. How to get that balance. How to, yeah, yeah. How to, how to, but how it to, starts with awareness. Like mm-hmm. we were talking before, you you're very aware of some of your habits, and you can't make a change until you've become aware of it. Yeah. And when you've got that awareness, it's then how do you then take that awareness into a step of action? Mm-hmm. And that comes over time. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's it, it's having that awareness. Like I'm I'm aware that that I know that I drink far too much but it is trying to switch that off because it's if I am in one of the moods where I start and I can't stop like, like I said to you earlier on I get drunk I'm the biggest lightweight known to man I go like <laughs> 0 to 100 really really quickly but I just plateau at that level and I'll just keep drinking and drinking and drinking yeah. and, and t- probably to the point where you are yeah, passing it drunk and it is trying to find that balance of like just having a, a, a sensible drink yeah so I, I like a bottle of breakfast I'll have absolutely no shame in saying that <laughs> it's about stopping after that bottle yeah once you have that bottle it's a fine tonic white made by monks <laughs> <laughs> that makes it acceptable <laughs> so it's like it, it is about finding that that balance of when I finish that bottle of tonic that that's it you're not yeah. having any more and I'm not going into cupboards and raiding for, for anything that's Great lying about see, yeah. yeah so it's it, it, I'm aware of my actions it is just trying to switch that bit of my brain off because yeah. sometimes it is, it is very very difficult with like I said to you Lorraine, I take a notion in my head and I just run that yeah. and sometimes I don't even enjoy it so I'll take that notion and run in my, run in my head to, to go and have a drink and I'll go and spend all this money to be the, be the view of getting steaming and I'll start the first drink now, but I, I don't even want this. But it's that impulse of nature of the bipolar where I, I just get that one tiny wee thought in my head and I just run it a hundred mile an hour until I'm going into the shop and buying drink and all that sort of stuff. So it is about trying to control that. And, and if I get that thought in my head, hey, I am going to have a drink, but I'll have a sensible drink and I'll enjoy it. Yeah. No rip the complete arse with it. Yeah. Right, so I think from today's show, we have positive mental attitude, mm-hmm. gratitude, mm-hmm. awareness, anything else that you want people to take away from this, your mental health groups, yeah. sharing awareness of that. Yeah, I think the big thing for me, uh, and I, I cannot stress this enough, is, is the positive mental attitude, like just making those small changes in your life to make yourself feel better like you need to know within yourself you, that you need to change if you wake up and go oh, I need to change 
and that's 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 your your attitude and you're no fully behind it. Pitted he down and ran a brick wall because you're not gonna get anywhere. Like you need to you need to believe it. You need to wake up in the morning and believe that you're gonna have that you're gonna make that change and your life is gonna get better. I feel like I'm preaching but it's it's I just I can't stress it enough because making those small positive steps can go a long, long way and in, in, in your thinking like what I said to you earlier on, like our motto on the group's fuck your brain. Yeah. So if you wake up and you've you've got all these negative thoughts in your head, nah, fuck your brain. You're no winning. Yeah. They, you control your brain, your brain doesn't control you. It's so good having that conversation with your brain mm-hmm. because it is just a part of it. It's that that negative voice is one part. There's a positive consciousness in there as well. So it's tuning into that and getting that to speak to your negative brain yeah. and telling it to bolt. Yeah, hundred percent. Like yeah. it's it's those small steps, um, like I said earlier, just setting yourself in your goals or getting out of yeah. bed, going in the shower. That can then, those small steps, doing them every day, before you know it, you're midday and you've went from waking up and not want to be here to in a good place. Yeah. Don't set, like, everything's baby steps in this. Like, yeah, and ye- celebrate those small steps. Aye, aye. Like, not with a drink, though. No, no, <laughs> oh, absolutely not. But ce- celebrating your head, like, I've accomplished this. I've spent the last three days in bed. So you're right, absolutely celebrate it. And then from those small steps, you can then go into big steps. So if you are all fuck, if you're going through a breakdown, get those wee baby steps in. And then before you know it, you're like, you're setting yourself goals. No, I'm going to go back to work on this set day. I'm going to go back to work. And then continue to to follow those those baby steps and work. So... Do those, whatever it is you do as a job, like set yourself those tiny wee targets as well. And before you're not you're setting, setting yourself the big targets, but you need to walk before, before you can run. Yeah, definitely. That's, and I can't stress that enough, like don't set yourself too big a target. If you set yourself too, too big a target and you don't reach that target, that just play, has a negative effect in your brain where you start not feeling good about yourself because you've not done it. And so if you set yourself those, 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 those baby targets, then that's... Yeah. That's that's the best thing to do, and that's the, the 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 one thing that I want people to take away from this is positive mental attitude goes a long long way. Yeah, and when those baby those be baby steps then become your norm, mm-hmm. and then when they become your norm, that's when you take the next level step. Yeah, and then when they become your norm, then you can take the next mm-hmm. level step and just gradually build. Yeah, and it, it gets to the point in where like whatever it is that you don't have control of that that you can then take control of yeah so it is like I do, like like we said I've got the awareness for the drink and I'm trying to take control of it and I, I'm getting there slowly but surely it, like everything else it, it just takes time yeah but I've went from those days of no getting out of bed to, to setting myself those wee goals to like when I went through my social anxiety I spent four weeks without leaving the door yeah and then I took that step outside the door. Now I took that step outside the flat, the flat door into the outdoors to the point where I walked into town. Yeah. And I panicked and went back. But I built it up to the point where I'd went to a concert in the standing section, in the hydro, and I was absolutely fine. Yeah. I'd, I'd mapped everything out with the help of the boys in the group. The boys helped me massively with that. Made sure I was on the exits and everything. But those were all those baby steps up to the point where I went to a concert and I, I was nervous and I was anxious. Who did you go and see? 
Uh, it was Pete Tong's orchestra nice. uh, a couple of years ago, so <laughs> I, I was um, me, my fiance, and my my soon to be mother and father in law. Uh, we all went together, and I, I was I was fine. Like I, I, there was a wee bit of anxiousness, but yep. I'd built up to that point, and that is with those baby steps and with the support of the guys in the group. Yeah. And then the support of your fiance and her family. Being yeah, and hundred percent. Yeah, so yeah. it is like yeah, I, I can't stress this enough. Baby steps. Baby steps. Positive yourself with the right people. Yeah. Do you have got people that are tearing you back down or tripping you up or making you feel like shit? You need to let them go. Yes. Yeah, and find the people that will support you and hold your hand until such times you don't need your hand held anymore. Mm-hmm. Definitely, but it, it can obviously be that's a that's a, a difficult conversation to have. Um, but yeah, they, you don't need but any more negativity in your life. It's creating boundaries. Like mm-hmm. we were talking before, um, recording about setting boundaries because you used to be a really tough, hard person. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever messed with you. And you kind of feel like it's gone, a wee, the pendulum's kind of swung <laughs> yeah. a wee bit too far the other way. Yeah. So it's finding a way to be able to set boundaries where people respect you and your time and everything that you stand for, but also see you as a really good guy. Yeah. Or... Or gal, or gal. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> but yeah, seeing you as a really good person, mm-hmm. <laughs> without without you feeling like you're being taken advantage of all yeah. the time. Definitely, yeah. yeah. So it is. I boundaries are important. Um, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Anything else you want to finish off with? No, I don't think so. Just if, if anybody has any questions or about the group, about myself, my story, if, if, if you're interested in coming along, just um, yeah, either contact me on, on Twitter or the, the Facebook page, the Glasgow yep. Mental Health Support Group. Cool. And thanks for having me on, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much for being here. And I'll put the links to all of those in the show notes. Thanks for listening and remember to leave a review and subscribe over on iTunes or SoundCloud and check out what's going on at IamJenWilson.com or head over to Instagram and give us a follow just following IamJenWilson.